1: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au.
2: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.
1: It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. For BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years.
2: Hello and welcome to Real Adventures for BF Goodridge, celebrating 150 years in the tyre industry. BF Goodridge will be there to drive you on your next on- or off-road adventure. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hapgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Good morning, Redmond.
0: Good morning, Patrick. How are you?
2: Going well. Not as well as um, anyone sort of fishing off the New South Wales, Bondi region at the moment. There's been some huge schools of... Uh Yellowtail Kingfish, Are You've been keeping abreast of this because... Well,
0: I just want to watch them as they come down that east coast closer and closer to us here, closer in Victoria, which is extremely exciting. And the man himself, Wayne Blake, I'm sure he's going to be heading up towards that Gippsland region, Marlow region, uh, even potentially Mallacoota way. Uh, not far away, I don't think, Wayne heading over there. Might even be next week. The temperature of the water at the moment, like
2: generally Wayne often talks about it sort of hitting that, that 18, yeah, 18 plus mark. Um, you're obviously getting it in different spots, but it isn't that real consistency in that warm water that we do get in summer for the southern region of Australia.
0: Looking at the temp, for example, today on Saturday, it's going to be quite warm. Tomorrow is going to be warm, and right through to, I think, Tuesday afternoon's going to be up towards that 30s, even higher. It might trickle it up towards that 18. It's probably around that. Oh, this is in the ocean. The bay temp's around that, or oh, out wide off St. Leonard's the other day was around 17. Uh, in closer, was about 19, and the ocean, I reckon, was around oh, just between sort of 16, 8 to seventeen five as the sun come up, so that's going to heat up. Down below is colder, though, and I say that because I'm diving for the first time tomorrow if the wind holds itself a little bit northerly, and then on Monday, it's meant to go straight northerly, so I'll definitely be in. I'm just hoping it goes to 18, because I get freezing cold when I dive. I hate diving in the cold weather, and the kingfish will come down with that warm current, Pat. So... Once you see me getting more craze is basically when you're going to see the kingfish turn up because I'll be following the kingfish with that warm, uh, warm water temp that comes down from the east coast with the kingfish in them. And also down Portland way. We haven't seen them hit Portland yet down the southwest. Uh, that's only a matter of days away. And the Scotty Gray is a fantastic recreational angler here in Victoria, and he lives down in Port Ferry There, and he fishes out of Port Ferry right up to uh, Portland, chasing yellowtail kingfish and also bluefin tuna through the summer months. And he gets some fantastic fish, some seriously big uh, kingfish, and also some really quality summer bluefin tuna, which he targets a lot on. A bit different to Gwayne and myself. Uh, Gwayne does a lot of surface. I'm more of your bait, and Scotty's more of your surface as well. And he'll jump in and spear him too. So. It's, we haven't seen them turn up as of yet, but like I said, it's any day now. We're going to have the numbers. Just all of a sudden, they'll just be there. Had a lot of questions sort of sent in uh,
2: around currents and 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 why you don't see them before, say Scotty Gray does down at, um, well certainly down at that sort of Portland region. And it's got to do with the currents and how close they almost jut in um, off the shelf when you when you're fishing down at Portland. That's why we don't see them necessarily in the numbers around Port Phillip Bay versus, say, the Portland, Port Campbell region.
0: We just don't, yeah, you're right. We just don't have that tidal influence that other places do. And even a place like Apollo Bay around the Cape there, like that tide absolutely hums through there. It really rips. And same as Portland, you get some beautiful tide. Not as much as Apollo Bay, but you get some really nice tide. And you've got the shelf that brings in the warmer water too with the currents. But then a place like for example down Gippsland way, down Marlow, and you're know, down off Cape Conor and down there, and you'll have your nose into the current and you'll the current kingfish like current, they just like current. So you'll have your nose into the current and you'll literally be going backwards like <laughs> you'll be in gear falling backwards with the current, hold trying to hold yourself on top of these kingfish. So other than the port bayheads bay heads, Cape Shank holds a fair bit of tide, but still not as much. And that's why that's such a fantastic fishery, because the tide there works so well. And that's where the current seems to run better. Sometimes at the shank, I'll have 18 degrees and I'll go out a little bit further. And I'll only have 16, 17. The difference in that. And then if you get the water that turns over, and what I mean by that, kingfish like that blue water, that warm water. When I mean by turns over, if you get that swell that comes down from a southwest change, it smashes on the inshore reef... Breaks it all up on the all the sand and all your weed up on the off the off the hard reef, for example, along Sorrento, Bowen Heads, or even the shanking itself, which I'm talking about. That water will turn water will turn green quite often, and the current that will run that dirty water back out will often be colder as well. It might not be that in, for example, we're in February. You might have that 20 degrees, and that happens that water will turn to green. You might only have 17, 18 degrees, but then you push back out to 30 meters off the reefs off Point Lonsdale. You might be back into that 19, 20 degrees where the where the water, because it's deeper, the water hasn't been smashing on the reefs and hasn't caused that stir-up of dirty water. And the kingfish might just move out into those deeper reefs on the subs off Point Lonsdale or even just, just slow-trolling the, the reefs off Point Lonsdale. That's just an example. So there's different ways to find the fish, and I like to follow that colour of water and definitely the temperature. the high, Not necessarily the higher the temperature, just anywhere over that, like Wayne says, that 18... 18 to 21 degrees is quite often... We don't get much more than 21. We're talking mid-Feb into maybe early March, just before it's about to cool off. We have very warm weather. But speaking of warm weather, the bay is heating up, and the snapper just keep getting better, Pat. Like, this week was fantastic. I tried to get you down this week, but you're a bit busy with your house at the minute. I'm trying to get you down there. The push is on, I don't know. <laughs> Christmas
2: is what? <laughs> well, not Christmas. You but- could be
0: in the gutter if you don't have the house. Marty, in the house by Christmas.
2: Well, I know my builder listens to, uh, he catches up on Real Adventures on the podcast. Um, so, Dave, if you're listening, <laughs> the pressure is mounting, my What's friend. he got?
0: It's uh, only a couple more weeks, realistically.
2: It's less than that. Yeah.
0: Oh, God. It's less than that. But on to your week in fishing. <laughs> the snapper. How did you target them this week? Yeah, it's funny you actually asked that question in particular, and that comes back off the, uh, we'll call it uh, cyclone winds that we had at the start of the week, so... Sun, Saturday, Sunday, Monday was just horrific. Like I thought, the roof was going to blow off the house. It was blowing. It was. In, well, I know the, the state. Well, Dan Andrews did his release on Sunday, and he actually did at the start of his press conference. He said, "Dan the man." Dan the man. Let's be honest. Not,
2: Dan the man's got us at what forty plus. He had it. I thought
0: we're not talking about Dan. Um. Anyway, back. Go, go you, good thing we um we uh, we um. Well, you've lost me track. No, I'm back onto it now. He announced that they had actually severe wind damage warnings right around the whole state. Like for him to announce certain parts of the state to be like tornado, basically. Like it's time to be careful. And down the coast, we cop it, don't we? We just absolutely cop it. So what I did was I waited for the wind to ease. Tuesday morning was howling still. And I was watching this wind all day. I'm like, it has to drop out today. It has to drop out. The chain, like the temp's coming up. has to drop out. The system's getting a bit closer. Like, starting to, not, The charts are starting to open up a bit further. And I'm like, come on. And all of a sudden, it broke. It dropped. I quickly shot out there. And I fished right where I thought the fish were going to be. And what happens is that big wind just smashes the bay up. It just destroys the bay. It just crunches the water and dirty water. And the snapper just go nuts. If you're a land-based fisher, you can get off Mornington Pier on these Westerlies, and I know I'm, it, you think I'm done by saying if it's blown through 25, 30 knots, go off the pier, you'll catch a snapper. I'm not just saying, you got to be safe, but some, there'll be 100 people off Mornington trying to catch a snapper because it's the ultimate conditions. Same as your St. Leonard's Pier and your Port Arlington Pier when you get those big northerlies that roll down in close. They push the snapper in close. And some fantastic captures come from the St. Leonard's Pier during the week in Port Arlington as well as... Uh, uh, Mornington as well You can fish off the rocks Down at uh, Mount Martha as well You get some nice fish Over there Uh, I'm not I'd probably rather go off the pier The rocks are a bit Dangerous when it's rough I think anyway But heading to the pier Is my go to And then, of course, the wind come back up at the end of the week once again. And then uh, we managed to get uh, some really, really quality whiting off the back of that full moon. So we're well off the moon now. It's peak time to catch whiting. The tide is pulling extremely hard. So targeting the whiting is exactly what I did. And then, like I said, today, not a great day. We've got that sort of easterly wind today. And then Sunday, you're looking at that northeast, hoping this swell comes down, stays down so I can dive. And then Monday, Tuesday... Uh, I'm hopefully going to be in the water for a dive to grab some my first crayfish if I don't get out tomorrow due to the weather, weather conditions, Pat. It's
2: your week in fishing. Stavy Craft uh, over the last few weeks have released their new 2250 Ultra Cab WT, and it begs the question: Does any Do, WT meaning walk through? Walk through? Yeah, walk through. And this is not your pseudo walkthrough. No, <laughs> this is you could basically, you know. You could march a band through.
0: Park my boat through there. The, the
2: opening <laughs> of the of the twenty two fifty. Does any boat manufacturer that exists today design and release more new models than Staby Craft?
0: One thing with Staby is like Craig got the new twenty fifty, and the one thing that they consistently do is just just pump out new models and but they're not cra- updating it no but updating it's yep. updating 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 they do a magnificent job they are a seriously quality boat and they just keep making every model better I noticed a few things in Craig's 2050 Staby that they've just done different to what my 2100 had and yep. I know realistic they're not the same model but they're based like they're similar that similar uh, super cab, I guess you could say and they're based off the same hull I guess and just a few different things and they've just added things and they keep fixing things and I think they do a fantastic job, but uh, I'm going to ask you the question: Your thoughts on the uh, on the looks of this walkthrough? I've never been a fan of the Ultra Crab in itself. We know that we had an argument with the boys from Astaby last year over at over at uh, the boat show. I've and, and I love you it. loved them. Yep,
2: um, but I'll be honest: this is a bit of a polarizing design. I describe the the looks of it as functional <laughs> versus anything that's that's. Really good looking. Say my fifteen fifty. Acquired taste, you reckon. Very much an acquired taste. <laughs> my fifteen fifty, I love it. This thing's the most beautiful boat of all time. The rocket launcher setup, up sensational. I love the ultra cabs. Um, not this latest one, but I love the look of. Um, it's very practical. The ones they first came out with, and this one I'll be honest with, it's but ugly. I just, I'm not a massive fan of the look of it. I will not doubt for a second the functionality of it because looking through sort of the, the videos that have released on social media, you, you can't, you can't argue, argue with, yeah. with how practical and functional it is. And maybe it will be different actually seeing the boat in the flesh. Like, he's hoping, we're all hoping we can have a boat show again this season because it's one of the most enjoyable things to go around different boat manufacturers. You're like a walk, little kid in a candy store. Absolutely. Walk <laughs> through walk through the boats, chat to the manufacturers. It's just, it's awesome. You know, you talk to your your engine manufacturers and it's just wonderful to actually sit down there and talk with the people that build the boats and... It's great to have the the Staby owner, you know, who had started at some what I think it was the in the early 1980s. So it was great to sort of sit down and and, and chat to the boys about it. We'll definitely be quizzing them hopefully this year <laughs> or I'd just tick off of this one. Um, but in terms of release of new designs, you know, there's plenty of you know, plenty of manufacturers that, that the hull hasn't changed, whereas Staby continues to update. So I mean, it's why they've been
0: such a successful leading the market in the aluminium range, right? Such, at, exactly, such around a, the world.
2: Yeah, such a successful um, organisation for such a long period of time.
0: Patrick, Christmas is fast approaching us, as you've been told from Marty, and you need to be in your house. But uh, (laughs) the countdown is on, and you must have accessories on a boat. Now, we're going to do this uh, right up to Christmas. So if you've missed a show previously, make sure you head to our... Podcast on our uh, on our app, Real Adventures app, and you'll be able to listen to any show. So if you do miss this week's, which you probably haven't heard, but we five start this week, five next week, and maybe even the week after, we can squeeze them in. Pat, now what are your? We'll we'll share it. We'll go. We had a little bit of discussion beforehand. What about five two musts?
2: I'll kick it off. Well, you have to start with uh, a sonar. Yep. Your fish finder combo. So, I don't think there's a there's a decent setup boat that doesn't have a. Uh, at least some sort of sonar fish finder. So um, we've done a little bit of research and we're sort of starting in at the market at around the $400 mark, 399 at the moment. You can get Garmin Striker Plus 5CV Clearview. So that starts, that's your, very much your, your entry-level um, sounder. And in that same range, you can get their 7SV, which is 7-inch, and their 9SV, which is 689 so ending up in... Your sort of nine inch range, which is a really decent sized screen. So for those
0: first getting into fishing, and just to elaborate on that a little bit more, Pat, that that range there, like you just said, first getting into fishing, it's going to get you started. You don't need what I need. You just need to be able to go out there, map where you are, so you know where you are with your good charts. Which it's a, I'd probably go the nine inch screen. Just gives you when you can when you split your screen from your sonar to your uh, sonar to your chart plotter. That, that'll give you the better accessibility with your eyes to view where you are rather than trying to flick in between the two screens. So I'd go a uh, split screens. So I'd just definitely go the 9-inch for an extra, what, couple hundred bucks, Pat. It's, I'm sure people can nearly squeeze that out. So I'd be doing that. And you're going to, like you said, with all your imaging and everything that comes into it, you be able, you can use it to find everything you want to. For example, in Port Phillip Bay, Western Port, it'll do your job perfectly. You don't need the one kilowatt uh you don't need the one kilo at one seventy five, which is going to help me with the barrels and whatnot. This is a must have if you are getting a boat to go out there and catch fish. What's next, Pat?
2: Got our travel buddy. We both love these, so your pie warmer. So they they retail in and around the three hundred dollar mark. Rainx is a real cheap is a cheaper option for sort of coming into Christmas, but it's an option that if you get your husband or your partner or whatever it might be, an uncle that's got their boat, spray it on your windscreen. You'll have. Uh, a clear windscreen right throughout your boating journey, right throughout the day. It keeps things clear and you can look right through it.
0: Yeah, RainX is extremely important if you've got a hard top. Even, Pat, like mine, for example, my clears, I've got half windscreen below it. And I, I, my RainX is just starting to clear off it as we speak because I've been using it so hard. But that's a must that I've got to put on there as well. Your electric anchor winch is probably by far my most important, nearly even before a sounder, to be honest with you, Pat. Uh, it catches more fish. It, it just does. And what I mean by that is it stops you from being lazy. So it cuts out the laziness. You actually want to move the boat to catch whiting. Uh, instead of saying, oh, we'll just give it an extra 20 minutes, see if it starts, you actually move to catch fish. You move on the snapper if you're in 20 metres, you're not lazy. And Lone Star do a fantastic range of anchor winches to suit all boats with their types of anchors as well. Or oh, Last one, Patrick, before we wrap this segment up. Yeah, everyone loves listening
2: to music basically anywhere nowadays. and. With Fusion, you can do that whilst out boating. They've got their waterproof floating stereo at two ninety nine. So if you do drop it over the side, it still floats. Um, really robust material. Great sound. I actually used one while I was up in um, Noosa with the family. The, um, the charter company had um, these on every single boat. So if they're using them every day in open conditions, um, they're about as good as it gets. So that wraps up our sort of list of five different items coming into Christmas once again we'll do the same thing next week and give you a few ideas Uh, make sure you download our real adventures app send in questions for our social club for your chance to win a Dometic CFX 3 up next is the social club you're listening to real adventures for BF Goodrich and don't forget download the real adventures app all our podcasts fishing news tips and recipes
1: You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich celebrating 150 years.
2: Welcome back to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich celebrating 150 years. Hey, Redmond, I've I discovered something last week. Do I want to know? Yeah, you do. It's actually <laughs> it's quite relevant to you. Well, I had the kids in the afternoon and they were going and have been going absolutely nuts. My daughter Felicity, she's Nearly nineteen months, and she's Hurricane Flick. We ref- we refer to her as Jack Jack. You know, like the baby out of The Incredibles. It just goes <laughs> absolutely nuts when you don't have like a biscuit or something.
0: She's a psychopath. We had lunch the other week down at the cafe near your place, and I was very impressed with her skills in being so crazy, <laughs> I not know absolutely. what she's very good. <laughs> now you would th- wait, wait. Where does she get that from? For me, yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming.
2: Now, you would think a trip to Bunnings it would be a recipe for disaster with this sort of thing, this sort of uh, crazy behaviour. So I took the kids to Bunnings. I thought, oh, I just need to get out of the house. We'll, we'll wander the aisles and we'll just see how we go. It was the best distractor and sort of time killer of an hour and a half, hour 45, that you could possibly had. Kids ran through the aisles. I got to sort of... Indulge myself and look a, look at a few different tools that I don't need. You don't need picked but up a they few. I still plans. don't do
0: left-handed screwdrivers, Pat. So,
2: for, so for those with kids, a trip to Bunnings. I'm telling you, it's as good as a trip to the park. But you get a little bit of st- little bit. What of st- did the kids do? They just they just love running up and down the aisles. They've got this thing about hide and seek at the moment, so they were sort of running off and hiding behind plants. So the staff
0: to, just has destroyed Bunnings warehouse.
2: Yeah. It's a <laughs> No, they they didn't. So free babysitters. Anyone that's got kids, you get a little bit of something for dad because you can look through the tools. The kids have a bit of a run around, and in the end, you can you give them a magazine and they're as happy as Larry. Is it the ultimate shop? Absolutely.
0: Anyway, <laughs> to, to, I've got the first question, Pat. It's, it's time for the social club. at club, Matt Reedman, Pat. I fish out of a six meter fiberglass boat and struggle anchoring on the spot when I mark snapper. Is it worth the investment to get an electric motor with spot lock now? You elaborate with the spot lock. Uh, they're packed with different brands and types, and I'm going to elaborate a little bit on how to anchor if he wants to save a dollar or two. So you you go first.
2: Yeah, so there's there's quite a few different uh, electric motor manufacturers. Obviously, minkota's is one that's been around for a really long period of time. We've seen Garmin come into the into the market in the last twelve to eighteen months, and Laurens also have um, you know their own version, um, as do uh, a, a few other uh manufacturers um what we have though or what i have is the mincota with spot lock and i've got an 80 pound thrust for my 16 oh you know, 15 and a half foot staby. now if i had my time again i wouldn't have gone the 80 pound i don't need it i would have gone a 55 um but if you've got why a thr-
0: it's just overkill I nothing to do with batteries or the likes well
2: yes but weight distribution and just having to deal with an extra couple of batteries. On. So you need
0: more batteries with the 80? Yeah,
2: sure. with an 80-pound thrust, so 24-volt, you need two. With a 55, it's 12-volt, and you can get away with one. Sure. So yeah. with a, with my 15-foot boat, the next one that I do, so I'll swap that over probably at some stage this year, it will definitely have a 55-pound. Now, I was sort of enticed by the fact that it, the 80-pound had auto-deploy but you just don't need it, I don't think, on a smaller boat. With a with a 6-metre boat, no doubt. Being fibreglass as well, we probably will. 100%. So you'd go the 80-pound or the 112. Now, SpotLock um, is brilliant because not only does it um, sync with the GPS and pinpoint your exact position and hold you in that position, but it holds the boat in that position as well. So... It's not like an anchor where if you, you lock your anchor down and then you're swinging from yep. side to side. So, unless you've got a sea anchor, you, you know, you're moving. You don't get that with, with Spot Lock with the Minkoda. So, I couldn't recommend it any higher. So, you, you sort of, with the 80 pound, if you're starting with an 80 pound, for example, so you may need to go bigger depending on the size of your boat, especially if you're talking sort of six meter mark range. Um, you're looking at the four and a half plus installation so it's an expensive investment but you often talk redmond about how important it is to have an anchor winch and how that catches you more fish there's no doubt the mincota catches you more fish if you learn how to use it and use it well
0: i um i've used it minimal times but i have used it in tight and what i mean by that is so that's not this season the one just previously gone i was just a uh, mate of mine owns geelong marine world and he said to me uh do you want to take this boat I had no boat at the time. And he goes, you want to borrow this? Yeah, no worries. And he had a mincoder on the front. And I used it to catch the squid. And we were in, like, around the Lonnie Bite in some serious tide. And I had a... I, I spot-locked on top of the squid and just stayed on top of it. And we didn't move. Yeah. And I mean, we didn't. Fantastic. We went up and down slightly with the tide. Like, I'm talking a metre and a half either way, if that. You wouldn't even know. And I had a mate anchored near me. So, in the way he was swinging on and off and with the tide changing, I think... I think they do work really well. I've actually contemplated getting it on my boat to anchor, to stop the swing. There's nothing worse in Portflip Bay on the snapper is swinging. You've you got six lines out, Pat, and all of a sudden, you're just doing this back and forward, back and forward, and Then, then you don't realize, but as you swing side to side or back and forth, whichever way you want to call it, every time you swing tight, your lines pull tight, so it drags them. Then you swing the other way, it drags them. And that's how you tend to get tangles if you don't spread. Do you spread properly? So, to a take out the swing, it might be really w- worth me considering to get what we're talking about now—a mincota or the likes. And I'm, I'm the more we speak about it, the more I'm going in my head. Maybe I do get that as, as soon as possible because it's going to assist with my fishing. But I'm, I reckon I'm going to do it. Now you can be me. I reckon <laughs> I'm going to do it. So. Yeah, like during the week I had issues with it swinging, but also with your wind against tide, you can also swing your boat around the other way too. Does that make sense? Yep. So you can spin the boat so you're sitting, like trying to hold yourself. You can set it so it sits in reverse rather than in forward to hold you in a spot. So it could work really, really well for fishing Port Phillip Bay. The only question I've got for you now though, before I talk about anchoring just quickly, is how long do you going to have battery times for? In that motor's working hard. How long are we going to have battery times? Do you think is it going to is it going to last a four hours snapper session up the bay with no tide, or is it only going to last two hours on the wide in tide?
2: Well, it all depends on how hard it's working. Yeah, if you're sitting in the middle of the the entrance, for for instance, and chasing. Kingfish, which it's going to be working bloody hard, and it smashes so, the batteries. And it smashes the battery. Now they're improving, certainly with the the advancement in lithium batteries. They're they're really improving. The weight's coming down, so you don't have to carry um, as heavier batteries, like the ones I've got. You know, they're they're every bit of thirty kilos each. They're incredibly heavy. Um, so that's improving. So is the efficiency of them. But at the same time, the harder they work, the shorter the battery life is. Um, so yeah. It will, it will vary in all sorts of conditions. So and there's no one fast answer for it. I might test this. but, but you'll, you'll get you'll get
0: <laughs> two, to two to four hours easily. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, just just gonna just for ten seconds, how to anchor, uh, to anchor on it, uh, to anchor on a spot as efficiently and to be above where you want to be fishing. It comes. There's so many different ways to do it, but the way, easiest way to do it, Pat, is sound over where you're going to sound, come downwind over it, and then when you've like what's going, what's you've seen, you want to actually. Anchor with your nose, sorry, drive with your nose going upwind in Port Phillip Bay. There's minimal tide. Make sure you're going upwind. As you go over those fish, tap your screen exactly where they are. And that what it'll do is it'll start a countdown or a counter in the corner of how many meters you are from where you've tapped the screen. And as you tap the screen, for example, if you're in 15 meters of water, drop your anchor 40 meters away. You've done the straight line into the wind. You've stayed straight. Drop your anchor 40 meters. Fall back well, if you're in 15 to 20 meters, say drop the 15 meters down and fall back 10, and you'll be 10 to 15 meters away from where you want to anchor on. That's the easiest way. Don't try and guess sideways and whatnot. Line it up straight, go over exactly where you want to fish, and drop your anchor, and you will fall back straight. Next question, great
2: question by the way, Matt. Is from Zach Helen, and I really like this one as well. When you're fishing in salt water, do you need to clean your gear after every trip, and if so, should you use plain water, soapy water? Will water or some other solution to avoid corrosion. So essentially, this is a problem that affects everyone, trying to avoid corrosion in your reels. A lot of it comes back to how often you use it. Now, you certainly want to clean your rods as, as thoroughly as you can without drenching the, the actual reel mechanisms themselves because you don't want water residue sitting inside your reels, particularly if you've only just given them a quick spray and you haven't got rid of all that salty water, well, that will lead to corrosion. You don't clean your reels after every...
0: I very rarely clean my reels. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to use my reels quite frequently. Uh, my reels look like I put them in a burly mincer and munched all stuff all over them. That's what they look like. But honestly, if I go to a car wash, I, which is pretty much after every session, I leave the rods in the stand-up combing racks yep. and I just go bang with this pressure washer over them try, try and get the grit off them. Yep. You'll find, it sounds dumb here, but you'll find with the pressure washer, when you spray it with the air compressed, it's just... Powder, it, it doesn't... Rather than sitting a hose on them, it sort of just blasts everything off them rather than drenches them, if that makes sense. I find it doesn't soak them. And as soon as I start to get any corrosion start, the first thing I do is inox. I just bang, inox on them. Inox works. I've literally got it in the side of my boat. I have a whole can in the side of my boat because there's nothing worse being on the wide in than all of a sudden the reel handle doesn't spin properly on the day. And and you get frustrated. You're Like, bloody hell, can it work? Bang, inox. And that's literally all I do.
2: Are you taking the spools off them so you don't get anything on the... On your braided line. No, no,
0: haven't taken it off at all. Doesn't bother you? No, I, 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 the reason I say that example is because not even, what, two days ago, I was fishing the whiting, the, the, the real the real thing, the the real actual spinny bit at the end, the actual handle, not the handle, the actual spinny bit. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. What's it called? I
2: don't know. I you, don't know what it's called I either. Let's call it your cap. The like, cap. I like spinny bit. The
0: spinny bit at the end. So it's not the actual handle, it's the end of the handle. Uh, <laughs> that bit there was <laughs> was uh, was starting to really... Shit me to be honest with you, I couldn't spin it. I was really, really getting to me. So the Inox come out bang, and I tried Coke first because I tipped the Coke on it because I had a Coke sitting there. That didn't work because Coke's Coke's great for your guts, and I uh, and I end up that'll that'll corrode (laughs) anything. So then I got the Inox and I sprayed it on, and it worked a treat. So that's how I clean my reels. What about you, who doesn't use their reels as much?
2: Yeah, I'm quite fastidious when it comes to cleaning reels, and when I did when it's either Inox or WD forty, I'll take the the spool. off because i don't want to get it on the braided line but i just don't use my reels as much as what you do yeah the thing that i we've we beach fish a fair bit so we do get a bit of sand every now and then so that's one sort of thing that we've got to be be kind of mindful with um but yeah i I try and be as thorough as possible and like you said if you have the ability to actually use a pressure washer i find you're right there's less water residue that ends up on the line versus using a garden hose and it really does saturate the crap out of everything um because you don't want you don't want your reels to be sitting there with water, sort of sitting inside them for the next four months. Ideally,
0: well, I fished last night, and my my reels—I got my snapper reels, and my, my light reels from catching bait—and they're in my shed. And I haven't cleaned my boat yet, so I'll literally leave from here, go chuck my rods in the boat, and then I'll head out fishing. I uh, sorry, I'll head out to the car wash. I wish I was going fishing. I'll head out to the <laughs> car wash, and I, that's what I'll do. And then as soon as I'm done with them to get the boat clean properly, I then pass them out to my mate. All my rods, he puts them in the back of the truck, and then I then I um i will continue with the boat. So uh, last question, Patty, is for both of us. Matthew Kalisia. Hi, Aaron and Pat. Does the barometer affect the fish biting and why also different moon phases affect different fish species? Oh, probably I like this question. Well,
2: certainly whenever I fish for trout, absolutely it does. But it's the same for you. You yeah, often it's... talk about barometer and you talk about different moon phases and how it affects different species of fish. I know once the southern bluefin tuna Uh, start to make their way down in greater numbers and we see more of them, you'll only, uh, or you'll be really mindful of moon phases when it comes to when you actually target them and spend the time and money to go down and chase them for for long periods of time.
0: The easiest answer I've got there regarding the moon phases is every moon phase, every species of fish is different. It's just different. And for example, I'll elaborate on just quickly with the moon phase. Closer you get to a moon, the slower the tides. So as we, for example, say, I'm just making this up, say there's a full moon on Wednesday, Pat, today, Sunday, Monday will be very ordinary tides, very slow tides. So the whiting, I'll be trying to fish that stronger tide of the day as much as possible. You fish those slow tides, you're only going to trickle a few fish in. You fish that faster one, you're going to get fish. So in making this more realistic, we've just come off the full moon. These tides now are... Pushing really, really well, and the fish are going really, really well. In the snapper, if you, I always say, do you want a full moon pat? Fish the afternoon because the afternoon has that bigger tide on the full moon, and you'll notice all the charters on Facebook. Everyone, everyone will be catching more fish in the arvo because the during the day and that morning tide are crap. It's just that arvo that's better. And with the barometer, the only fish that I've found affected by it is snapper, and I love it when there's a storm coming pat. It's my favourite as that big. Drop comes when there's a storm. That's my favorite time. And also, when you get that southwest change, for example, during the week, we had the warm days coming, as in today and the next couple, that lead up to these warm days when that barometer's just starting to really come up is when I like fishing the snapper. You'll find that's still going to be southwest winds, but when it goes easterly, the barometer tends to stabilize or start to drop, and that's when I don't like fishing for snapper. And realistically, that's the only fish I follow hard with the barometer is just my snapper. Not not much else. Uh, I've put a lot of study into it, and I've that's the only one that's been dependent on certain elements of weather.
2: Good on you, Matt, Zach, and Matthew. Thanks for sending in your questions. There's been so many that we've been sent through over the last week. I think people have got pretty excited with the CFX3 and the prizes that we have going at the moment. This morning, um, I think it's something that everyone can relate to. Uh, Zach Hallinan talking about Washing and cleaning your reels after every use. What's the best way to go about it? Congratulations, mate. You've won yourself a Dometic CFX 3 ice maker. We've still got plenty more to give away over the coming weeks, so make sure you continue to send in your questions. Chris Tarrant, you've been sending in plenty, mate, so we'll get one. Uh, we'll get back to you next week. We've got quite a few uh, more to work with. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodridge. They made a lot of memories in their 150 years, most importantly, driving you to create memories of your own.
1: On Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic, mobile
2: living made easy. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for All Aboard for Dometic, everything you need, adventures big or small. Our special guest this morning is Wes Chandler from Formasign. Good morning, Wes. Welcome to Real Adventures.
3: Morning, boys. How are you?
2: We're going well now. One of the things that we've seen a huge uplift over the last few years has been uh, bodies wrapping their boats in all sorts of designs. It's it's become incredibly popular, and it's something that you specialise in. Uh, tell us about the business itself, where it started from, and obviously um, the success that you guys have had. Formosan, it's yeah. it's really well renowned right Australia, uh, right around Australia now as being yep. at the, the leading forefront of, of boat wraps.
3: Yeah, righto, so basically the uh, the business, uh, we started at home years ago. Um, Dad was finishing up with the Air Force as a group captain and uh, looking at getting into a business and uh, a technology-based business. And we ended up buying a, a machine and we set it up in the lounge room and uh, operated as um, me, my father, and, uh, and my brother-in-law. And um, we made stickers, by night, as we say, and while I was doing uh, work as an oil salesman and, and doing bits and pieces, um, we, we sort of won a job uh, with a little company called International Trucks, which is now known as IVECO, uh, manufacturing a badge for the front of those trucks. And uh, that took us from the, uh, the lounge room to a point where mum said, I'll build you a shed in the backyard and kick you out to the shed. <laughs> um, so from that point, mum built us a 10 metre by 10 metre shed. Um, and then we won another job um, coming a couple of years later um, that forced us into getting into a factory and uh, I look at that that point in in, in life where we, we moved to a factory which was 400 square metres in Glen Waverley and uh, I always panicked that you know that $17,000 a year in rent I could you know it sort of made my mind uh, sort of spin at the time and uh, you know I look at it what we went into and, and and how, how we built as people uh, and being confident in ourselves and confident in, in our, um, I suppose, planning for the business, that uh, you know, we went into that program and, and sort of developed our signage business from there. So um, back in those days, we were doing mainly uh, sort of your general uh, signage for people, so sort of word of mouth sort of program uh, through our scouting community and through our, uh, our friend community that we had. Um, a fair bit of race car stuff and all that sort of thing and sort of ran a business that um, has always had a hobby feel to it. Um, we always like to be able to generate the business that we have as having that uh, feel that it's, it's hobby-related, so it, it doesn't actually become work. It's, it's something we enjoy doing every day.
2: It's great to hear. Um, it's, a, it's certainly been yeah. just on the, the actual functionality of the boat wraps themselves. Obviously, anglers and most fishermen put a huge amount of pride uh, in their boats, uh, as, as yeah. well as... look looking good. It's as much a protective measure for looking after your gel coat as well, isn't it?
3: Yeah, that's right. So with the boat wrap part of the business, we sort of set that off about 12, 12 13 years ago. Um, we basically use 3M uh, materials. Uh, is the only materials we use on boats. Um, so being that we are 3M uh, gold providers, um, we basically everything that we, we generate here comes with a 3M guarantee. And the design is, is probably half the secret. We, we had the the business to a point where uh, we could get a design and then a person could pick that design and say, I want to put that on that and we could turn that boat around within a short amount of time. Um, and that, that meant that um, you could take that to market and, and generate that back as a, a quite a fast turnaround product. Um, we're doing the same with the floors now as well. So. Uh, we're marrying that obviously the the, uh, the ultra line u deck flooring um, in the same process that we've been doing our boat wraps worldwide.
2: That's the one that we want to focus on this morning because Aaron's uh, he purchased his well a couple of weeks ago. So
0: uh, yeah, I've had it for yeah probably a week and a half now, Wes. So you've had
3: yeah, that's right. Long enough
2: time to sort of um, give us a bit of an insight on it, Redmond. I won't go to you just
0: yet though. So um, well, said- one thing that Wes said to me is you won't break it. And that's what sold me. If I'm not <laughs> going to break it, then... <laughs> well, it, it's your alternative
2: ways to, you know, once upon a time, the, the pinnacle of boat flooring was teak flooring. Um, yeah. But the maintenance and everything that goes along with it as well as the cost was extraordinary. This is yeah. a really bulletproof type material that is really robust, hard-wearing um, and should last the lifetime of your boat.
3: Yeah, I think the big secret is making sure that you can... Uh, uh, keep up to the cleaning. Um, the, the situation with any product, if you want it to last, you need to make sure you clean it. Um, and, and, you know, we, we set people up from the outset to, to knowing more about their floor than, than uh, just purchasing a floor. We want people to, to understand how to clean it um, and that certain things will damage the floor. Uh, so, obviously, um, magnified light is one of those things that will hurt the floor and that'll hurt any, anything on your boat. Uh, and understanding what magnified light is, which is like getting a magnifying glass um, and and putting it to your floor. Like you can burn ants with it, you'll burn your floor the same program. Um, so when we go and put a floor in a boat, we look for things like magnified light as, as one of the things when we actually install that in a boat. Um, so it, it's not a problem for you as a consumer.
0: Now, where's I come up to your factory, which I was in shock to see part how big this factory is, and just the process that goes uh, through to getting the design of the boat, the actual drawings of the pe- uh, the drawings of the whole design of the boat, the whole the whole product in itself is incredible, Pat. You should see it. They've got a massive unit there. I'll let you, I'll let you explain it. Whereas you're the expert, yeah. I'll sound a bit stupid <laughs> if I try and explain it. You take it away.
3: No worries. So what we've got we've got a what they call a proteum Templator. So the template is is um, a way of us digitally templating a person's floor or a person's vehicle so what we can do is we can make a 3d drawing uh, or a 2d drawing uh, which then creates a a digital DXF file which we can then clean up uh, which gives us a template for for cutting that floor so what we do from that point is we, we digitally template the floor we then bring it up we clean up that drawing we then break it up into pieces cut it in paper drop it back into the boat to make sure it all fits where it should and then we do the the impressive part, which is the nice drawing that goes onto the floor. So adding the logos for the boats, like obviously we added the North Bank logo to yours, we added the Fish Measures, um, but we could also, you know, add add extra stuff. So if you wanted, um, you know, a name of the boat or anything like that in there, or you know, you wanted Captain Redbeard up the front, <laughs> uh, not a problem.
2: Yeah. One one of the things that we've been really strong on with Real Adventures Redman um, is been trying to promote. Aussie manufacturing and Aussie companies, whereas you are exactly that, and particularly with what's happening overseas at the moment in the chinese market um, with the tariffs that are being sort of um, you know <laughs> employed on on australians there's a yeah. there's a very big difference between purchasing something over eBay that comes in the mail that has um, dubious sort of follow up if any versus buying. Um, through an Australian-made company, if there's any faults or defects, um, you you ring up Formasign or, or or any local-based company, and you've got that local expertise and follow-up versus purchasing yeah. from overseas. That's obviously a, a really big focal point for anyone purchasing anything. Wes, we're
3: well, we're here to give people peace of mind. You know, we have a have a simple ideology of no problems guaranteed. So if, if there's an issue with a with product, it'll be just sorted out. Um, and then we'll sort out the issues later for if, it, if it's something that's been done by um, the consumer or it's something that, you know, we need to rectify on our warranty side of things. Um, one of the things that, um, you know, at the end of the day, broken is broken, needs to be fixed. So we get, get the person mobile again and get them out. So one of the things we've got to look at is where we purchase our materials. You know, a lot of our materials are European. Or they're from the USA, so um, a lot of the the products we're using already have a, a really good standard of of quality, and, and um, you know that, that, hence why we use the 3M material. The 3M materials um, have a have a marine background, um, have a have a system for adhesion, and have a system uh, that carries on through using the Primer 94s, the knifeless tapes, and all that sort of process, which is all 3M uh, related. Um, so it means that we can sign off, and, and there's a 3M guarantee that comes with the process.
0: What Wes is trying to say there, it's bloody comfy under your feet. <laughs> Wes,
2: Wes
3: <laughs>
2: we really appreciate your time coming on Real Adventures this morning. Great to talk uh, yep. to a to, not, to an Aussie company, um, Formasign.com.au for more information. Give Wes and the boys a call, and they can help you out from signs, vehicle wraps, stickers, boat flooring. Wrap Designs, they do the works. Thanks, Wes.
3: Good on you. Thanks, guys.
1: Red's Review for Club Marine. Insure your boat with Club Marine, Australia's leading provider of boat insurance. Call and ask for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you.
0: It's now time for Red's Review and Patrick, I have done well and truly enough talking today so I'm going to pass Red's Review on to yourself and you've actually got a pretty good one today. You've done a bit of homework. Well,
2: I have because it's been relevant for me in the past when I had my (laughs) 650 and didn't use it a huge amount. We're talking about trailer brake management this morning Uh, and any boat obviously over two tonnes needs to have a brake trailer but the maintenance um, when it comes to a brake trailer is a little more than just turning it on and plugging it into the car every time you go out and travel. So I think we've all at different stages traveled uh, without the brakes working when we should have, but yep. maintaining these systems um, is, is normally pretty easily. And I think one of the biggest things that, that people need to be aware of is just the hydraulic fluid that should be flushed every um, two years um, as it does absorb moisture. And obviously um, in the environments that we're, Fishing and launching in Redmond, we're taking it in whether it be saltwater, freshwater. Yep. It does um, it does leave it exposed to moisture, so that simply is one of the the simplest tips you can have just to flush that. Um, you know, at least every two years. Um, the other thing, uh, the brake pads that you need to be periodically checked because this is what really cost me. I had to have mine replaced because mm. I hadn't used the the boat as much as I should have. And it basically sat in the front lawn which was opposite the water and then it was just totally eaten away by the salt water. So um, that's another thing to... To be aware of the other thing is just make sure um, that your breakaway system is actually functioning um, properly, and this is obviously important if the car if the car
0: was ever to detach uh, with the boat trailer itself. Just I'll explain the breakaway a little bit. What it is basically, it's a, a wire that runs from your your braking system that you've been talking about, your electronic braking system. Which then attaches to the car, and I attach mine. I don't know if you do this. I attach mine via the D shackle so, through to the car. Yep. And what happens, like you said, if you do, if you, for example, if you don't put your uh, your latch down, your hitch down properly on the trailer, it does fall. It engages, and it will assist you um, in for whatever it what it, what it does, what it's there to do. So that's just sorry, but that's just there for you know, wants to know what the breakaway is. Yep. So quite simply, when it comes to a breakaway um,
2: checklist, it's making sure the the connector to the tow vehicle, for one, you know, works properly. Rocking the boat trailer back and forth is another really good way to see if the actual trailer is working in itself. Um, obviously, flushing the system regularly, and it's it's probably as important as literally you could write it on your your rego sticker or in your motor book just to keep an eye on. You know, when was the last time that you actually flushed your hydraulic fluid? So it's as simple as that. Because uh, unlike me, it cost me I think it was fifteen hundred bucks to have everything was totally (laughs) replaced. It was a lot more than it should have been had I actually, um, you know, kept up to the actual trailer brake maintenance in itself. Luckily, the boat that I'm using at the moment doesn't actually have (laughs) it. That's good. That's you've actually done pretty well there, Patrick. Uh, Thank you. All right, plenty more real adventures after the break.
1: That was Red's Review for Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski this summer? Get a quote from Club Marine, Australia's leading provider of boat insurance. Call or search Club Marine to find out more. Ask for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years.
2: Welcome back to Real Adventures for BF Goodridge celebrating 150 years. Red's tip is up now. Redman, what do you have for us?
0: I'm just astonished how many people are still using the wrong burley cages, Pat. Like, it's, I fished the whiting regularly, as you know, and the amount of people that are rocking up still with lead cages that aren't weighted, and I see their rope just hanging in the back of the tide, burling for Bruce that isn't there. So you need to get <laughs> you need to get your cages down to the bottom for the whiting. Look at the design of a whiting's face. They're shaped so their mouth turns in underneath their jaw and they feed hard on the bottom. So where are they going to be? They're going to be on the bottom. So get your burly cage. Now my burly cage has a, a 1.2 kilo, a 2 kilo uh, weight on the bottom of it. And then it has an extra 1.5 that I can add to it, which is just my dive weight, and it keeps it down in the strong tide. So make sure you get your Burley where it needs to be, Pat. And that's red tips of the week. Short, sharp, but effective.
2: It's time for the flying gaff, And this one's pretty simple, but there's been uh, it's been circulating on social media around Australia. A few blokes having a spar in a blow-up pool. And there's a Yamaha two-stroke at full throttle providing the bubbles uh, at the other end. And you wonder, Redmond, why we have people being admitted to emergency. <laughs> um, and firstly, secondly, rather... Why would you do it with a two-stroke? Because you're just going to be covered in fuel. <laughs> Fair enough. Do it with a four-stroke. a <laughs> four-stroke. I'm all safe. You've been listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodreads, <laughs> celebrating 150 years. It's time to go fishing.
1: Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us
3: by surprise. That's why Tire Power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit TyrePower.com.au or call 132191.